Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by none other than Harry Hayes, the vocalist of Iron Tom. So Iron Tom were a band that I randomly found on Spotify, they recommended to me, so I gave them a listen, and they were exactly what I was looking for at the time. I tagged Iron Tom in my story, just saying how much I enjoyed their new album, we got talking, and we started a podcast, so here we are. Um, I had a really good time with Harry, we only had about half an hour, but we managed to cover a lot of ground, and we had great fun doing it as well. So I'm not going to yammer on anymore, you know, you can find more information about Iron Tom in the description, and at the end of this conversation I will be back just to give some more information about this chat itself, uh, what I've been up to in other podcasts and things, what you can expect from Genuine Chit Chat and my other podcast, Star Wars Comics in Canon, and a few other bits and pieces there. So all the information should be in the show notes of this episode, and then I'll talk to you guys at the end so without further ado harry from iron tom welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton so i am here with harry of iron tom harry it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and um with Iron Tom, let's get straight into it. Uh, interesting band name and interesting music to go along with it. And a question I like to ask bands, because it's a question that bands hate being put into a genre. So I like to ask bands what their own interpretation of their own genre is. So how would you classify your own band's genre? Oh, well, yeah, you know, I think about answers for these genre questions at other times. And whenever <laughs> I'm asked, I just can't remember what I was going to say, you know, I mean, I've said, you know, our, our music is kind of like, it's, it's, I think it's extreme fun rock and roll. And it's like, you know, there, there are some, oh man, I'll, I'll keep thinking on it. There were some names for it. I've given it in the past. I mean, I called it crazy yeah. lady music once, but I think that's <laughs> an understatement, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's almost like um, my. I've made a, a playlist on my phone and I've called it the new alt rock, and I've put you guys in there, AWOL Nation, Vinyl Theater, yeah. a lot of those sorts of bands because you know alt rock, uh, like standard alt rock is like you know placebo, Pearl Jam, Muse, uh, those sort of bands. Yeah. But like the new wave of that, I find, um, I think AWOL Nation in part kind of was at the forefront of that. Is I think it kind of ties in with a lot of things I notice in your music videos, which is you do have fun. Yeah. You kind of, you make the music you want to make because you have fun making it. You, like one of my favorite songs of yours is when a dickhead dies yeah. and the title in itself is incredible, yeah. but like you just hear the song and it doesn't really sound like all the songs sound quite different on uh, cult following anyway. But like, I like how in the genre that yourselves are in, you can kind of go, let's just do a song like this, a bit more heavy on this side or a bit more piano-y or a bit more like that. So the, the process in that, I just love the freedom of the kind of the genre you're in. And it, it was kind of a trick question because like every release you have and almost every song is almost its own genre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, what we've, we've kind of battled to be able to do that in a lot of ways. I mean, like when we started out, people were trying to kind of, like encourage us to be more one way or the other, you know? And, uh, we experimented with a bunch of, we, we basically experimented for a while trying to make recordings and like see what we wanted to do. And we kept coming back to basically what, what we really enjoy doing, which is kind of, you know, it's, it does vary and mm. it's all rooted in rock and roll, you know, but we do like really love, I don't know. I love, I just love different types of songs, you know, and there are like great bands that 
they, you know, you put on their record and like every song is kind of similar, but that's like why it's cool. You know, mm. there are bands like that, but I do like, I do like groups kind of like the clash and like, you know, uh, bands who, who, who vary, uh, mm. like extremely song to song, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you enjoy that aspect of it because we, you know, for a long time met resistance, yeah, mm. if you will, about about like trying to be that diverse, you know? Yeah, and that's what I think comes out a lot in your music that I do really appreciate. It's the, there's a lot of bands that I like where they release an album and you go, is that what you wanted to make or was that forced by producers? And yeah. I think that even from like your early days, because I, I went back when I got into cult following, I was like, this yeah. is fucking amazing. I was like, I need to listen to all. And obviously you've got, you've got your two EPs then you've got your album. That's like a compilation of the EPs and a few extra things. And obviously yeah. you've got partners and then you've got a uh, cult following as well and kid midnight. And it's, it each speaks in sort of different ways. So I kind of want to ask thematically and lyrically, is there anything that you kind of, not even necessarily aim for, but like certain bands want to be political. Some bands want to be, you know, uh, just silly and self-referencing. Is there any sort of, when you started the band, was there any vague idea of what, or were you guys just like, we like all this crazy genres of music. Let's just kind of choose what we like from each one and fucking write it. Um, uh, you're, you're speaking lyrically mainly right now? Um, or wait, let's thinking? do it lyrically first. Yeah, tell about lyrically. Lyrically, well, I just love, like, I always... Probably my favorite lyricists are uh, John Lennon, Alex Turner, from the Arctic Monkeys, and like mm. Bob Dylan. And then I love like I also love you know James Brown and and Lana Del Rey, right? Like that. That's yeah. kind of a good like mixture of what I would say informs my lyrical approach. But like there's something about like um, you know saying saying kind of straight up how things are happening you know i um i guess i would say my approach initially was to be pretty literal you know and like try and describe feelings and and situations pretty straightforward without a lot of imagery you know and um just trying to speak to like you know whatever whatever feelings were happening at the time and and you know i mean we have an early song called my brothers which was like a direct uh basically diary of like issues i've had with my brothers you know so mm. i like at first was kind of approaching things that way and and since then we've kind of honed it in more to be um i think i don't know i've i've been influenced by a lot of music since we've been on the band but i would say initially we like we were kind of coming from it for at least I was directing the lyrics to be in a really literal and pointed way, you know? Mm. So like, it like kind of like Alex Turner did, you know, in those first Arctic albums. I love mm. that, you know, how he's just like describing the, the bar scene and the, you know, the girls and the drinks and the, you know, <laughs> yeah. so just direct. 
Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that song because I, I almost wrote it down, but I didn't because it was it's one of the songs that doesn't appear on the Iron Tom, your, your first album with the compilation of your first yeah. EPs. And I think that song stood out. Of all your earlier work, yeah. that is actually one of my favourite songs, but I didn't want to bring it up just in case it was like um, there was a reason you didn't include it on the album. Maybe it was one of your least favourites or something like that. So just from, this is now a question just for me, not even, I don't care yeah. about the listeners. Is, is there a reason why you didn't release that like on that sort of album? Probably because it was like, I mean, at the at the time, I probably was thinking the song was just a little too heavy for me personally because it was like really a personal and and uh, difficult like thing I went through. Like my brothers, you know, had drug issues, and so I just I had a big struggle with them growing up and trying to help them and trying to you know navigate like basically what addiction is you know Hmm. and um and so probably when it came time for the compilation i think i remember being like no let's leave that one off because it felt too like raw and too like too naked almost but now i wish it was on there because i do like i do like that you know Hmm. it's like the compilation i think came a year or two after we made it so I had had time to have the song out there and then I've, I've probably related to it different at that time, but I've come around to really appreciate it and like dig mm-hmm. it. But I'm glad you, I'm glad you dig it. Cause it is like kind of deep down there in the early, early release time for us, you know? Yeah. I mean, I find a lot of the time when I listen to a band, I find like an album I love, especially when it's like a, the new album they've released. I love it. And I go, Oh, this is awesome. This is in their back catalog. And then, not all the time, but a lot of the time, the further you go back, you can lose quality because sometimes it takes time for the band to find their footing. But I yeah. did find, I was like, listen to your first EP and I was like, all these songs are sick. I was like, like consistently throughout your EPs and your albums, you've got, like there's barely any songs of all your albums that I don't like. And even the ones that, I wouldn't say I don't even like them. I just, they didn't click with me in the same way. So in that yeah. same vein, uh, with Cult Following specifically, obviously your newest album, do you have a favorite song? Obviously my, I've got numerous ones. I wrote, I, I wrote down a list. I was like, oh, maybe it's When a Dicker Dies. But then I was like, oh, but maybe it's Big Shot. And I was like, but then it's, the, and I was basically like, they're all my favorite fucking songs. But you as an yeah. individual, do you have a favorite? Uh, um, well, First off, I'm glad you dig it so much, Cole Fallen, because we're, you know, we are really proud of that album and we've been so happy with the response from it because we did, we took everything we learned in the last few years and, and basically made it ourselves. Like Zach, our guitar player, produced most of it to, to a point. And then we, we, um, we had a couple friends who are producers, uh, Isaac Carpenter and a guy named John Fields who helped us finish him. But anyway, um, I'm glad he did it. I think, I think my favorite song changes every, every day or every, you know, every week or whatever. Like I'd say right now I really am down with no guilt and Mm. big shot. And then probably like, I don't know. And, and uh, like American Gothic, you know, but, yeah. but it, it does it does vary. So it depends on the, the mood I'm in, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm the same <laughs> in yeah. that regard. And it's like uh, my girlfriend, Megan, her favorite is Stimulated. That's her favorite oh. one. And then when she was getting into that, I was like, oh, maybe it's my favorite because I was playing it a bit more because she likes yeah. to got playlists and shit together. Um, so in line with that, then, uh, kind, of, kind of vaguely, what... 
uh, thematically of cult following, is there a theme of that album in itself? Because obviously the name is quite provocative in a lot of the best ways, and the album artwork is insane. So was there a theme you guys were going for in that realm? Um, I think, yeah, I think there is a thing, a theme of like being being yourself i mean i've thought about it and looked at the songs afterward like maybe during it i wasn't like tying it together so much but i just kind of like feeling like really really um conquering this this i this issue or this um this confusion between that that kind of like maybe your day-to-day life gives you about being afraid to be yourself you know Hmm. and like i've i think everybody goes through it but i've had things where like you know i've felt at times discouraged to to just be open and be who i am and like do what i want to do and things like that and i think you know people feel that varying ways everywhere you know it's not it's a it's very it's a very common thing and when you know i kind of take when i feel like overwhelmed by those sort of feelings i i remember that everybody's sitting there thinking you know oh am i doing this right should i do this like maybe i should just do go this way because a lot of people are doing it or whatever you know but like like in american gothic is you know can i be me without compromise and then in full moon there's uh you know gonna go fast gonna get lost gonna be me you know it's kind of like those things came around a few times you know and so i would say i would say it's it's kind of about like um regaining that confidence and that uh just determination to be yourself you know Mm. yeah i mean what it sounds like is do you um it's a fairly personal question so if you don't answer it but do you find that you have almost imposter syndrome in some ways because i feel like people who especially someone like yourself who writes such honest lyrics and also you mentioned about how uh, raw and deep cutting brothers is do you did you find that you've been maybe suffering a little bit of imposter syndrome especially when your band started getting more and more famous and things well i mean it's i love that phrase i've been i've been trying to like think of writing a, a song called imposter syndrome because i'm sure like like you said i'm sure everybody feels that to an extent you know and i know for a fact most musicians or artists or whoever doing it gets those feelings from time to time you know um so pro- yeah i probably have that here and there you know you just like i'm really my moods and my uh vibes can shift vastly very quickly you know so i could be like this is so good and then i could be like oh i don't know about that and then like you know within the same day you know so (laughs) it's up and down up and down and i i just try and remember that when it's down it's gonna go up again and when it's up i i go okay better be ready for when it goes down again you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's one of the curses of being human yeah it is it's like almost like oh god you know i was saying to zach the other day i was like it sucks when things are really good because you know like okay well you know let me this good forever it's something's going to change and go down and then but then you come back and that it, it is that's just mm. our plight really but yeah imposter syndrome i don't know i probably feel that sometimes yeah i'd say yeah it- a lot of creatives i feel do and and back with that up and down thing uh, a metaphor that i've uh, used before is almost like 
life is much like a heart rate monitor you know it's, it's up and down and then yeah. if if it never goes up or down when you flatline that's when you're not really living because you don't appreciate things that are good until you've had things that are really shit and obviously i'm not going to delve any further into your past but obviously you've been through some shit so you can appreciate when things aren't shit yeah. you know what i mean so and in line with that then what is your sort of what's your favorite part of being in a band especially like you know a lot of people go in and out of bands but you guys have been together for quite a while now and consistently releasing music so is your favorite part being you know with your band brothers is it a live performance is it a culmination what's your sort of the things that you love about being an iron tom i do love making music with the with the people i love and it's like it's kind of like feel it's like you have a you just have like a a little club you know it's like you feel like you're in a little club and you have it no matter what you know against whatever happens like I'm so close to these guys and I, I love them so much. And it's, it's just so fun to do our thing, you know, and then to have done it and to see it grow and then to connect with people we have never met through it, through the music we love. Like we love music so much that we wanted to start making it ourselves. And then to do that and have people come to us now with those same feelings, that's, that's, such an amazing part of it too you know and so i would say it's like making music with people i love and then also the connection with people you know through it it's just it's just great and it's like it's funny i feel like i see more and more there's i feel like the people who come to our band are like our followers and people who write to us or whatever you know it's funny it's it's funny to to feel that they get what we're doing, you know? And it, I feel like the, a lot of them get it like at a deep level, you know? And I feel this like real connection with them. Like we probably have a lot of people who only like one or two songs, but it seems like there's a lot of people who like a lot of the songs, you know, which is cool, mm. which is cool. But we just, you know, we just love rocking. I mean, touring is amazing too. It's insane, but, we really miss that and we were doing it pretty hard up until up until uh all this paused you know no of course yeah i totally get that and it's it is weird isn't it with music when you get people who have a connection because it, music is such one of those weird things where you feel it before you can kind of process it in a sense like you you know you like it and when you have to work out why you like it that's when you have to kind of you know, oh, I like it because the vocals are cool. Oh, I like it because of this. But you don't consciously know that I know. In, until you kind of backtrack. I know. I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, there are songs I just put on and I can't really say why. Someone went, why do you like this? I would just be like, it would be hard to describe, you know? It would be, I could describe it, but I'm not thinking about that when I'm liking it actively. You know, I'm just like playing it over and over again. You know, yeah, it, it, it's it's a very weird thing, and obviously, developing music in itself is is crazy too. But like, and for you in itself, when you come to like writing the music and stuff in the band, as you as an individual, do you like get a melody in your head and then kind of write that down, or like, how do you sort of connecting with the band put songs together? Because a lot of bands I've spoken to do it in slightly different ways. I'm just intrigued what your kind of general process is. Yeah, we have a number of ways we go about it, but it's cool to do it in it's cool to do it in different ways. There's no one way we do it, but I would say like there's ways 
a lot of the cult following songs were written like jams, you know, like us all in the room and someone plays, someone has a riff or someone has a part, they start playing it and then all of the, all of us fell in and came to our parts in, in a natural way. And that, that kind of energy and um, fusion in the room is really special. Like I would say, I could tell you big shot was like, Dan literally started playing a piano part, that piano part, and Dill just started playing drums, and then Zach picked up the guitar, played the riff, and then I came in when I, I'm Big Shot in Your Life now, blah blah blah, and it just that was like that direct, you know, and that's that's a pretty I really love that way of doing it, but they're also I write tons of songs on on a guitar on guitar or or piano or something, and I'll bring those to the band and the band will take them and basically make them better, you know, and Dan starts songs. Like I can tell you, I wrote uh, that song full moon. I wrote the raw version of it and then brought it to the band and the band made it uh, an iron Tom song. And Dan wrote a, that song stimulated. He, he basically, we were on tour and he concocted the whole musical landscape of it and then i wrote a melody to it on the road and we then we brought it into the band and developed it that way you know and then also another way like we've jammed songs but dylan zach did a lot of jamming themselves just guitar and drums to start songs on the last album and uh call me the west is one of those like they just jam that in like 20 minutes i think they said and and then i heard and i was like damn that's good and and then from there, it just, you know, went off. But we, we do, like I said, we write songs in all types of different ways. And I always write because it's just what I do, you know, and I love doing it. And it's kind of just expressing what I'm experiencing all the time. But uh, the real answer is we, we just do it a number of different ways. And that yields different results, which we like, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, I know we're running out of time here, so I've just got a couple more things, but I really appreciate you speaking with me. Um, I have interest. um, When you guys, were you guys like friends and then as friends you decided to make the band or did you kind of, how how did the band kind of come together? I'm always intrigued by band stories of like how it kind of all started. It's it's cool. Um, Well, Zach's dad is a musician, you know, and he, uh, Zach and I, when we were in high school, I was 17 and I think Zach was 14. We played at a um, talent show together, like not in the same band, different acts, you know? Okay. And so uh, Zach's dad saw my little group's act and he was like, he thought it was cool. And he told Zach, he's like, we should have Harry over to jam with us. Because Zach and his dad, Jack, would, would jam. So Jack eventually called me up and I remember getting... I remember the message still it was on a landline phone, you know, at the time. <laughs> and uh, I remember Jack being like, come over and jam with my son and me, you know. And it's funny, Zach's a little younger than me, so Zach was friends with my little brothers growing up. So I kind of knew who he was, but like we hadn't really hung out. But then when I went over and we started playing music together, we just connected in that way, like pretty quickly, you know. And then we just shortly after that started writing songs and we did a number of years of just making songs ourselves and like trying to 
we did jams with other people, but like it didn't culminate into a band for a number of years. We just kind of like developed musically together, you know? And then Zach found, he basically found Dan, our keyboard player and our, our original bass player was a guy named Dane. And he, he had kind of started jamming with them too and another drummer and they were doing an instrumental like jam band kind of thing. And I was in college and then I heard what they were doing. So, I, and I was like, I, I got to get in on it. And so I left college and I came, came back and we started rocking this, started rocking with these guys and the drummer, I don't know, he fell off for some reason. And Zach's cousin, Dill heard what we were doing and wanted to be involved. So he, it took him about a year, but he learned to play drums and then he just joined the band. And, oh, um, that, yeah. So he, you know, that that was cool and i've heard of other bands like that you know where the members just like the guys just like one of them figures out how to play drums or bass and then they just join eventually you know so anyway it yeah. kind of it started started in high school the, the seeds of it you know yeah it's crazy when you have like little moments like that where you like you can remember the landline message so much because it's like there's certain times that uh, i think everyone has this in life where something quite small happens and you're like i have a weird feeling about this and then sometimes something doesn't even come from it for years yeah. and then years down the line you look back and go fuck that moment changed a lot of shit you know what i mean yeah it's true it's true i mean there's a lot i mean there's uh, you can go down the rabbit hole with those thoughts, you know, like there are so many, you know, that you can, you can trace that back. Yeah, definitely. And um, so one of my last questions here then is um, just out of my own interest is Iron Tom. Where did that name come from? It's a cool, easy to, you know, one thing of bands, I, I love bands that have got cool names, but sometimes I've seen bands live and they're like a support act. I'm like, oh, this band's really cool. What's their name? And it's something so com complicated. I'm just like, yeah. especially if I've had a few drinks, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, but Iron Tom's that. quite simple and clever. So where did that come from? Um, well, normally I give joke answers. So do you want to give joke me a joke answer? answer? Yeah, give me a joke answer. Fuck it. Uh, okay. Well, um, Christopher Lloyd, the actor, he knew my dad, and he they used to go um they'd go boogie boarding together, right? And he kind of uh, he broke his foot one day out out in the tide, you know, and he uh, he. He had to go get, you know, some surgeries done and he, uh, we visited him in the hospital and we were asking him about band names and he kind of, he was spitballing for a while. He, he thought of, uh, at first he thought we should be called Murray Saffron and the Diamonds. And then he also thought the Bel Air Pharaohs would be good. But then he kind of came up with Iron Tom because, you know, I don't know, I guess they were putting metal in his, his foot or something and, and that. It just kind of stuck, you know. We kind of we couldn't agree on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Fair enough, dude. Fair Zach, enough. Zach's really good at those answers. He, you know, I was reading an interview he did once. He didn't. I didn't even know he did it, and I started reading his answer for that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it was written down, and it was really insane. That's amazing. It's yeah. one of the things that people have to follow your band and check out every single Iron Tom interview and collate all of these crazy reasons. All and the stories. Make some, sort of, yeah. make some sort of crazy like concept album or Netflix show about how Iron Tom got his name. That would be they are incredible. Just, they are just kind of better uh, in a lot of ways to tell those stories, you know? 
Yeah. Jack and I both have uh, Iron Tom here too. Nice. Yeah. We uh, there's a quote Iggy Pop said that I always love. It's he said, "There are bad band names and horrible band names." <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I mean that is true. You know, I think we're we're in the bad zone. I mean, there are good <laughs> band names, but there are a lot that are weird. You know. Yeah, most of the time you get a crap band name and then once they become famous enough, it stops being crap because yeah. people know about it. It's like yeah. so many bands I used to like in my teens, you know, post-hardcore, yeah. that sort of stuff. Some of them are just oof. But then you like the band, you're like, that's such a cool name. Um, but that's awesome. And you've been incredibly generous with your time and it's been an absolute delight speaking with you, both as a fan Definitely. and as a content creator. Whenever you guys come to the UK and shit, then hopefully, like my dream tour is you guys, Vinyl Theatre and AWOL Nation. And then, you know, but either way, when you guys come to uk when the world stops ending um i'll be sure to come say hi and things because it'll be awesome but just any last things you want to tell any of the listeners and i'm going to be including links in the description all that sort of stuff but sort of final things to say i'm just saying i would like to say we're deep into making a new album and we're making probably making more than an album and we've been collaborating with other artists too and we're just up to all types of stuff we're in Hollywood recording and we've been just really deep into it. So new things are, they're going to be on the way very soon. And I think it's, you know, it's only getting better and more exciting. So we're really, I mean, everybody's excitement about cold following has just encouraged us to be like, all right, we're going, we're fucking, we're revving the shit up now, you know? Yeah. As much as I love um, all of your releases, I do think Cult Following is the strongest. And although where you guys as a band is going specifically isn't clear musically or genre-wise, you can kind of feel your kind of... You're, you're, you're yourselves more in a sense if you know what I mean you're kind of wherever you're going you're going in a you're going there stronger and so I just think if if anything you release is half as good as anything you've released so far I am 100% game so in the future when you've got your new shit coming out I'll get into contact and we'll have to talk about it again let's but, talk you know, again thank you so much yeah, yeah thank it's been you Mike absolutely great thank you and uh, I'll tell the boys you said hi and you know uh, just be safe you know Rock yeah, on. You too, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, and hopefully you come to the UK, and we'll, I'll see you then. <laughs> we'll be coming, man. Tell, keep telling people about us. The more they know, I've already the got more. a few people. Good, 100%. good. I'll bring a mob with me. I'll fill out the whole venue with just people I know, and then Fuck that'll be yeah. it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, have a good one, man. And yeah, stay right. safe, and good luck for your new album and all those crazy stuff. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I had a really fun time talking with Harry. And, you know, as it was kind of alluded to at the end, they're going to have more stuff coming out in probably this year or maybe next year, which I'm very excited to hear. And whenever that happens, I'm sure that I'll be able to talk to Harry and potentially other members of Iron Tom about it too. So, you know, make sure you subscribe if you like Iron Tom, because at some point in the future, I will no doubt have another conversation with them. If you haven't checked out Iron Tom, I really recommend it. Um, the link to their website as well as their Spotify and their social media is in the description. And the way I kind of found them in a little bit more detail was I was really craving a band that sounded like AWOL Nation or Vinyl Theatre. They're two of my favourite bands and I was like, I really fancy a band in that kind of genre, but defining them as a genre is quite difficult in its own right. And then Iron Tom got recommended to me. I listened to their song Big Shot, which is one of their main singles and is absolutely fantastic. And then once I listened to their album Cult Following, after one listen I 
I was immediately like, immediately like this is a Kraken album. It was really exactly what I was looking for. And as I said in this conversation, I went through the back catalogue and genuinely they don't have a bad release, which is very rare for even other bands that I do love. There are a few releases that just don't really hit with me that well, but even their old EPs and that track of Brothers that doesn't feature on any of their albums is really, really good. So I can't recommend going checking those out enough. I've already spoken to a couple of people who've already really enjoyed them and things, a couple of listeners even. So I'm really happy about that and just more people that can get into them because I feel like they really deserve it as a band. They've put in a lot of effort and just they're different enough to be cool or not being too of you know different and weird and stuff to be inaccessible so really recommend you guys check those out so coming up I've recorded another episode of the podcast with Tonya Todd who's been on the podcast twice before Uh, that podcast will be released next week she has a new podcast called 52 Love which is out and myself and Megan we're recording an episode of that today actually so at some point in the next month or so uh, myself and Megan will be on one of Tonya Todd's episodes of her podcast and as I said, I think next week I'll be releasing that episode with her. Uh, we speak about her podcast a little bit, but we speak about Wonder Woman 84 quite a lot because all of us have recently watched Wonder Woman 84 and we'll have slightly different opinions on it, but we do all generally agree it was a bit of a disappointment. So if you want to know about uh, Wonder Woman, make sure you go check that podcast when it's out next week as well. And... I've also was on the podcast Indie Comic Spotlight with my friend Tony Farina. Indie Comic Spotlight is one of the podcasts that is on the feed of Comics in Motion. Uh, Comics in Motion is where my podcast Star Wars Comics and Canon airs and also they have a different podcast each day of the week. Uh, there's loads on there that I've either mentioned on social media or on this podcast and things. I've listened to all of them and they're all fantastic and the one with Indie Comic Spotlight that me and Tony did is about the Lone Ranger comic, which is written by Mark Russell, who has written The Second Coming and Billionaire Island, two comics of which myself and Tony have tackled on Indie Comic Spotlight previously. We're basically going through the Mark Russell back catalogue because I'm so impressed by Second Coming and Billionaire Island, I just want to read all his other stuff. I didn't really know anything about the Lone Ranger. I knew there's a Disney film out about the Lone Ranger and he's quite an old character, but I've not consumed any other content of Lone Ranger. So speaking with Tony about the comic itself was quite cool. I'd really recommend go checking that out too and other bits and pieces i've kind of i'm going on max's mandatory marvel and dc podcast on monday so that's going to be tomorrow uh, we're going to be talking about death of the family which is a really really cool uh, batman and joker story from the new 52 of dc comics and things not sure specifically when they'll air i imagine it'll be in the next few weeks or so so i'll make sure to mention that on the podcast when that airs and i'll be posting about it on social media too and yeah, my only other thing is really my podcast, Star Wars Comics and Canon. I've kicked off the new year and already done an episode or two on that. And I've tackled the main run of Star Wars comics. The one I recently did, which is episode 40, is six individual Star Wars stories all set around the same era, which is between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And they're all individual stories about people who kind of pair off. There's one about Luke and Leia. There's one about Han and Chewie capturing one of the huts. It says Gracchus the Hut, not Jabba the Hut. There's one which is probably my favorite story, which is R2-D2 goes aboard a Star Destroyer to save C-3PO and just flat out murders loads of stormtroopers. It is amazing. Uh, So if you want to hear about R2-D2 going mentor and killing loads of stormtroopers, then you need to check out Star Wars Comics in Canon. Uh, New episodes air on the feed of Comics in Motion every Saturday, so you can find that. Basically, anywhere you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat, you should be able to find that episode. And I'm very slowly uploading the back catalogue of Star Wars Comics in Canon episodes onto the YouTube channel of Genuine Chit Chat. I know very few of you listen on YouTube. If you are one of those people, 
hello, how are you doing? Uh, but I know there's a, up to like 10 people, I think, that actually listen on YouTube. It's not that high at all, especially not compared to anywhere else that you guys listen. So just thought I'd throw that out there. You can listen to Genuine Chit Chat relatively anywhere. Star Wars Comics and Canon episodes are slowly getting uploaded. And also, if you are listening, or rather, if you are watching WandaVision, that new show on Disney+, Plus, um, just like we did on Comics in Motion with that sort of every day of the week, there was a breakdown of the new episodes of Mandalorian with either myself, Scott Waverly of the 20th Century Geek, or Chris and Dave of Comics in Motion and the VHS Strikes Back, all of whom have been on this podcast numerous times before. If you quite liked our breakdown of Mandalorian, I really recommend you check out the WandaVision one. The latest episode has just come out, which is about episodes one and two of WandaVision. That's got Dave and Scott, but it also has Matt from Jasper Reviews, who also has a podcast called What's the Topic on Comics in Motion. So if you like WandaVision and you want to hear people talk about it a bit more, then I really recommend you guys check that out because even me listening to that episode, there was some stuff that I missed that I didn't really understand and things. So it's always cool just to have a breakdown of things and it's quite a cool thing to listen to. So that's really all the news from me at the moment. I will be showing up on a WandaVision episode at some point. I think I'm kind of aiming for maybe episode three or four that I'll be popping on. Uh, But yeah, Uh, aside from that, I'm also going to be, I think the 20th Century Geek podcast will be airing over the next uh, month or so. Myself and Megan and Scott have been talking about all the Batman films. Uh, We've done a retrospective that's in three parts. Part one is Batman 66 and then the first two Tim Burton Batman films with Michael Keaton, Batman and Batman Returns. And then the second episode is of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which is an animated film from kind of the animated series in the 90s. And then there's the Joe Schumacher films, which is uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So we tackle that in part two. And then part three, we tackle the Dark Knight trilogy, which is the three recent Christopher Nolan Batman films. So lots and lots and lots of Batman in that regard. And in general, in my life, there's a lot of comic book stuff going on. So there's more things to come on the horizon with other stuff as well that I cannot yet mention. But when that gets announced and etc., I will be the first to let you guys know, probably on here and then also vaguely on social media too. So that's enough from me, guys. Um, please review this um, show on either Apple Podcasts uh, or on Podchaser or anywhere you listen to the show or just sharing on social media, telling your friends about it, going for the back catalogue, whatever you want to do. But any mention of the show to anyone you know, it means the world to me. And obviously, the bigger the show gets, the more bigger guests I can have on. I am trying to reach for some bigger guests and things like that for this coming year. And I've got quite a few cool, interesting things lined up. But obviously, the bigger the show, the more people I can get essentially so be sure to share all that love as you guys have been doing I really appreciate I hope you enjoyed this chat with Iron Tom make sure you go check them out because they are a brilliant band who definitely need more recognition and yeah I hope you guys have a good week and whatnot and I'll talk to all of you next week